Before we begin, Tiara and I would like to acknowledge that we are currently on Darug and Gurungai land. Sovereignty was never ceded and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. We would also like to remind you that this Wednesday, 26th of January, is not a day of celebration. It is a day of mourning. It is Invasion Day or Survival Day. If you can, please try and attend an Invasion Day event that's in your local area. Obviously, please be COVID safe and if you have symptoms, do not attend. There are plenty of ways to show your support online. We have linked a guide of how to be a good ally in our show notes. Hello everyone, welcome or welcome back to another episode of Not To Be Controversial. Today I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Varsha. (laughs) And Varsha, would you like to introduce this week's topic? Hello, yes, so, so, so excited. Today we are talking all about trauma dumping and oversharing and basically what the difference between sharing your thoughts and feelings and being vulnerable and honest is versus just being that person who overshares and is kind of I guess dumping your trauma on another person to the point where it becomes a burden on them so Tiara I just wanted to ask you a question to kick this off what's the difference to you between being vulnerable and trauma dumping or oversharing like what's the line how do you know when somebody's Mm, I think venting is a more healthy way to express your emotions feelings and experiences so you can have a conversation with a friend where for example I have had a conversation with mates where we're both clearly expressing oh like there's just some stuff that we had that happened when we were younger or these are some stuff we find stressful or these are our past traumas and it doesn't always need to be an equal playing field you know he or she can have her turn and you can have your turn and there's a very clear understanding that okay I just learned some shit about you that is very personal to you and we're both aware of what is be- what is going on and the conversation casual had a gradual um, progression up to that point whereas trauma dumping is literally just word vomit like unaware dumping of experiences that can affect other people's mental health whereas Eventing is also the process where you're aware of what you're expressing and they're aware that it is a serious conversation. And trauma dumping can be repetitive and there is awareness is the big factor when it comes to trauma dumping v venting or v emotional expression. Um, that's my kind of distinction between the two. What about you? Okay, well, I kind of have a question for you on that whole awareness bit because I find that, or I, I don't know, I find it really, really flattering when somebody feels like they can tell me about more personal stuff I'm always like wow I feel so honored and you know just like very flattered that you would choose to tell me that and you feel comfortable telling me that because I think it does take a lot to open up do you know what I mean yeah but then I also find that some people with the whole awareness thing will constantly say that they're sorry for saying something and then like no And then, like, continue to tell you about it for, like, weeks and weeks. Like, it's not just, like, I know I've definitely done the thing where I've, like, apologized to somebody for, like, complaining, but then I've gone on to complain because just in that moment it's affected me a lot. But then some people will, like, complain about something or go on about something and then not do anything to fix the situation and just continue to go on. And I think that sometimes can feel a bit burdensome because it's, like, you're bringing the vibes down here man but I don't really know what are your thoughts on that 
when you've had some real trauma yeah I think it's very easy depending on the type of person you are to trauma dump on someone Mm. I mean I definitely know people who bring up their trauma I mean and but these are people who are like very traumatized um that bring up their trauma or they relate back to it every once in a while but I also know there's people who are just like will bring it into every single conversation you have with them and you feel empathy to a, to a degree because you're thinking, oh, well, I don't have that experience that you have. I'm really sorry. All I can do is listen. Yeah. But then every single time I speak with you, if that's what you're doing, then that's a bit... It's it, I take on your emotional trauma. If the, I don't take on your emotional trauma, but I take on your emotions. And maybe I'm reminded of my past traumas that might not be up to the extent of yours but i am not this is going to this is going to sound slack but it's true when you go through something traumatic firsthand whether you were there or not whether it's someone close to you whether it's someone who left whether it's someone who did something bad to you you need to find it is your personal responsibility to no, but I, I agree 100%. Make sure you're okay. Like, I completely agree. Right? And that sounds very... That sounds very harsh, right? Coming from someone who is so open about their mental health online. Like, I'm very open about my mental health online. Oh, yeah. No, I think we've all done it. Yeah. Right? Because if your suggestion is like, okay, I'm going to go out drink. I have unresolved trauma, mental health related. I'm going to go out drinking every day, even after, like, I was told not to, or even after I was prescribed meds, etc. Then that's self-destruction and your friends and family, as much as they care about you and want you to be okay, they have no responsibility towards you. You are a grown person. And um, I feel like it is up to you. And trauma dumping is something that, admittedly, I have done, Right? And probably you have done. Yeah, we've all done it, right? Mm. And But the difference is now I actively, or I, I used to, I don't even need to like vent anymore because I go to therapy, but now I actively am like, I'm going to, like there's a healthy boundary with people. Like we equally, I hope, <laughs> express our, or we vent. When it comes to certain things, like, there's only so, like, everyone's affected by trauma, but there's only so much that other people can do to help you. And that's the tricky thing about trauma and um, sort of living with it. And I think in that way, it's then easier to trauma dump, but that's not the right thing to do. Yeah, I think I really realised the whole thing about trauma dumping. Like, for me, I think I go between being extremely quiet and just very very guarded and closed off and then extremely open to the point where like like probably one person needs to know my shit but I've told so many people or like not so many people but I would tell like five people and Mm, yeah it's not helpful like I'm not getting anything from it and I'm also not in the position to listen to advice so I think for me this was really evident during high school I don't think it is for me now I think it's really rare that I find the need to go and tell someone about what I'm feeling or like if I do it'll probably be like a couple friends here and there and my mom it's never like oh my god I need to get this burden off of me and onto you and I think before it would feel like that and I would just talk and talk and talk about how shitty everything was and 
a lot of it was probably also really triggering for other people because a lot of the stuff I was talking about was around my eating disorder. And now reflecting back on that, I'm like, I triggered the shit out of some people. And I completely know that with every fiber of my being that the way I was communicating and the way I was feeling was not okay. And I think it's a real learning curve to kind of have that experience and then be like, okay, well, this happened and that wasn't good. And it was kind of only probably in year 12 so my last year of high school that you know stuff with friends happen everyone's really into or like the people around me were really into their academics and everything that I was kind of like I didn't have anyone super duper close that I was venting to on a regular basis um like I had my mom who was wonderful and dealt with all of my crying after every single exam but it's different than going to a friend and being like, hi, I need to talk to you about every emotion I'm feeling every single day because I just feel shit all the time. And I think having that space from friends and from people to actually keep going like that was so good for me because now I know I can deal with shit on my own. And I also have learned that nobody is going to come and rescue you. Like you can do anything you want. You can keep talking and talking and talking about everything that's hurting you. But if you're not willing to make the change, then nobody's advice is going to help you and nobody's going to come and save you because it's not possible like what you were saying about the whole alcohol thing like people's words can encourage you and motivate you and make you feel empowered but if you aren't willing to do something about it deep inside if you don't have that feeling then it's going to be really really hard and I think trauma dumping masks that because it makes you feel like I can just you know, express myself and tell all these emotions and I'm just being open and honest and transparent and I'm creating a healthy relationship with my friends and having DNMs, but it's like sometimes you're just dumping and this is just an overshare at this point. And you might also be triggering people. Like I think there's also something really important about being aware about who you're telling things to. And I find this a lot with influencers, not to go on a tangent, but I think like a lot of influencers will open up about shit and it's kind of like thank you for being so honest and vulnerable and I appreciate you but also if you're like a thin white skinny woman and you're talking about how much you hate the little bit of cellulite on your body it can be taken in two ways one in like oh like she's so beautiful and perfect and gorgeous and she even has her own insecurities or two it's like she's so worried about that maybe I should be worried about my whole butt being covered with cellulite venting or actually one thing about this topic or just trauma in general is that admitting that you have a problem is only the first step Mm. right when it comes to like because past trauma dumping there's people whether you are the person that is receiving it or you're the person that is doing it there is a degree of responsibility you can trauma dump and be like i have an issue and people can hold your hand as much as you need but also, you have to realise that the person that you're venting to is also a person with their own mm. emotions, with their own feelings. And I feel so guilty, like, after I have a very bad experience and I tell my friend, I feel really bad. Because I'm like, I could have just, like, locked it away and, like, t- like dealt with it, t- t- like, tomorrow morning or my next appointment. Like, that's not my friend's responsibility. It's not. But um, sometimes you get overwhelmed and you don't need to feel bad for calling your friend and being like hello I feel like shit that is fine everyone does that no completely yeah but it's like what but then after that is what are you doing to make it better 
if you're going yeah. to therapy, that's good because then you learn to deal with it on your own and that means that you're doing shit to make yourself feel okay and other people feel okay about whatever you're dealing with. But then if you're just proceeding with life and you're allowing yourself to have little occasional you know, trauma dumping sessions or meltdowns by yourself, then it it is a problem, but then that becomes a problem because you can admit you have a problem, but if you're not going to do anything about it, then who's really there to help you? Just yourself. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's like, I've definitely had those times where, you know, I've ended up calling a friend at like 3am being like, oh my God, this happened and like everything's wrong. Mm, same. And that yeah. kind of thing. And now that you say that, like, what are you going to do to make it better? I think for me, it was like, that's never going to happen again. I'm never going to put myself in a position where I need to or I want to call a friend at 3 a.m. And, like, obviously, things are going to come up in life. You can't plan it out. But that particular situation that made me want to do that, I don't want that situation to happen again. And especially when things are in your control. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I get Right? That. Like, sometimes shit happens and, like, life is not in your control and it can never be and that's fine people understand that but if you're constantly oversharing or trauma dumping about the same thing again and again I think that's where it's like this is toxic like this is dumping this isn't just a conversation that I'm trying to make you feel better and that you need to get this off your chest but this is just becoming a toxic cycle and even if you're asking the other person like like one thing I find that I do and some people I know do as well is like after talking about themselves for like however long and trying to get something off their chest they'll be like or I'll be like how are you doing how's your life are you okay and it's like after hearing about my shitty life for an hour is the other person wanna gonna want to say anything probably not so yeah I think it's just creating those boundaries in a healthy way and like I'm so guilty of this as well and it's just something that I know that I need to fix and like really learning from your past mistakes is kind of the only way I think Mm, no I get that I was also wondering, Tiara, do you ever think oversharing is good, though? Like, do you ever think that can create a bond? I think it can be both bad or good, because trauma dumping can happen in sort of a broader socio-political and cultural context, right? Mm. It differs. So you wouldn't, and by cultural context, I mean, like, if an elder comes to you and starts trauma dumping and you're significantly younger than them or you're like a nephew you can't just be like oh yeah shut up like you can't do anything you just have to sit there and take it whereas if it's your friends you can be like um i'm here for you i'm always here for you but you need help um but those who are suddenly subjected to hearing graphic descriptions of traumatic events can feel like they've been traumatized just by it being disclosed and I think it can there's it's mid right it can be when I say mid it's midway it can either be like bad or good and I think depending on your relationship with the person for example if someone came up to me and was like oh um I starts trauma dumping but we've had quite similar experiences and I can confidently say now I'm in a place where um you know every once in a while I get very 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 anxious and I feel terrible 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 but I eventually there's a hurdle over that because I'm able it's a privilege that I can get support and therapy etc but I think it's a fine line because like in some sick twisted part of my mind if someone starts 
trauma dumping to me and I relate to them then I'll probably be like oh what what I relate to you like this I feel safe talking with this about you because maybe our experiences are similar whereas there will just be some times where if someone is trauma dumping or overly venting Mm. to you you you're like uh I don't know how to respond to this (laughs) like you just don't know what to say I I agree Actually, can I throw that question back at you? What do you think? Mm, okay, I think oversharing does create bonds. And I think this has continuously changed for me. I think I used to be pretty guarded. And, like, to be quite honest here, I think even when, even with our friendship, I feel like you made a lot of effort at the start. Like, I don't think I put in very much at all. I think I was kind of weary of, like, she seems really lovely but is she sure she even wants to be friends with me like she doesn't even know me she's probably not gonna like me she seems too cool this and that and like I think I had a lot of fear around it and I feel like being friends with you definitely helped kind of like break down certain like guards if that makes sense I don't know I feel like you strike a really good balance between like not oversharing for sure but like having a deep conversation and asking deeper questions than rather it being like oh like what's your favorite holiday destination or like what's your favorite breed of dog but you will ask questions that make the other person want to connect am I making any sense here oh are you speaking about me specifically yes oh I was like ah she sounds nice I'm kidding but um I never realized it about myself I do realize that I can have d no that's because um I think because when I talk to people or when I'm close with someone, I find it quite comical. Of course, that's where it's going to go sometimes, especially if we're bored or we need icebreakers after seeing each other after, like, a couple months. But if I'm very close with someone, I'm not going to go, like, ask surface questions like, oh, if you were a dog at dog breed, would you be? Oh, what do you think of that new, like, future song? I'm not going to be like that. No, actually, that's the latter is a question I would ask if it was a good song. But... <laughs> I just, that is such a compliment, what the fuck, thank you. Um, I just find it, I like talking to people, and here's the thing I've realised, I like talking to people, I like striking conversations, I like having deep, meaningful conversations, but I can only fully immerse myself in them and reciprocate if it's someone I'm close with, like like you, for example. Like that one time you came over to my house and we had like like pizza and we're like shit talking and I was like, Bosh, I get your shit to go. Yeah, yeah, no, and... The thing is, so, like, I think I take a while to become close to someone, or I used to take a while. Like, I think you had to initiate a lot of the meetups. You had to initiate, like, texting and everything before I was like, yeah, because I'm always worried that I'm going to face rejection, or, like, it doesn't even come to my mind. This sounds like I'm fucking dating. No, it's, like, literally, like, we even are, in friendship. We, we are. Oh, we're not telling. Oh, okay, no, no, no. The love me. of my life. <laughs> We've been dating secretly for the past, like, year and a half. We just haven't told uh-huh. anyone because we're afraid of what the community might say. <laughs> imagine, imagine we could just, like, clickbait and, like, revealed relationship. <laughs> The truth about a Secret relationship. relationship revealed. Dot, dot, dot. Oh my gosh, like that ass. <laughs> but in friendships, even, 
I am really, really bad at initiating anything because I'm so scared. Like, it just doesn't occur to me that they would want to be my friend. And I'm like, they're really cool. But I will just, like, stalk your Instagram and obsess over you but will not say anything because it's like, you're probably not going to want to be my friend. Um, And I think that's changed probably after being friends with you, Tiara, that I've realised that, like, putting, like, initiating things and also, like, being able to be vulnerable. Obviously not with everyone with certain people is really really important and I think that changes a lot of things like with some of my uni friends now I feel like I might not have spent that much time with them given COVID and everything but it feels like all the time I have had with them has been really quality and has been really meaningful and you know is something that I can look back on in, in 10 years and be like I remember that and not every moment has to be like that obviously but I think it's just really important. Yeah. So thank you. Those, what do you call it? Those um, connections will come quite naturally and they're quite reciprocal. So like, mm. I can, I have, like, I'm, we're going off topic a little bit, but that's when I kind of feel comfortable venting to someone. I know they're comfortable venting to me. I can count on my hand probably like one, two, three, four, five people or six people that Mm. of my mates who I'm like truly 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 like gang gang with and that they can rely on I can rely on them and they can rely on me and to an extent I don't really care if they're trauma dumped because I know them that well or I know that not trauma dumped I don't really care if you know it goes a bit over the line because that's the kind of relationship we have but when it's going back to the topic when it's really unwarranted it is very overwhelming Mm -hmm. and I think when it's repetitive and like you know that other person isn't doing anything to change that's when it can feel like you're just holding their emotional baggage almost and I think I find personally that it's the people who I talk to and surround myself with and I carry their energy so if it's constantly negative I tend to feel quite low as well not only that but like how I sadness okay this is a bit of a d and deep phrase but sad, when you're when you've been through something so and this is if it's very um it's the word isn't hypocritical it's very easy for us to say oh you know you don't know what i've you know just do better go to therapy blah, blah. that's not even what we're saying we're saying that it yeah. is a very there are many nuances to trauma and there's many nuances to the situations that we have mm. and the context of people's lives and their experiences but when you've just been through something so tra- so traumatic, I understand what how easy it is to just bask in the trauma and to just sit in the sadness or whatever space between the sadness there is. But it, I genuinely, as someone that's like kind of hit like not rock bottom, but as someone that has been so mentally down and just so depressed about things that they've been through. I get worried for other people when, so for example, what you you said repetitive trauma dumping. I get very worried for them when I see them and they just tell me about their trauma and on and on and on and they offload, whether it's on me or like mm. my family member or like my friend. I'm just like, aren't you tired of just sitting in sadness? Because because you can't help it, but. 
I just, I would get tired of, that's the thing, I would get tired of being, I would get really tired of being sad. And I understand that depression doesn't care about who you are or the one or 50 acute or just a life experiences you've had. I get that. But I just, it, and that's the thing, like, it comes and goes in waves. It's a, the mental health in general is a roller coaster. But I just don't understand how one day you don't pick up. And that's the thing, like I said before, it can, it fluctuates. So you can be really good one day, really bad one day. But being in such a state for so long, isn't that draining? The way I see trauma dumping though sometimes is you've had so much of this stuff kind of inside of you. And finally you're like, I'm ready to talk to someone about it. So you start talking to someone about it and then suddenly you're trauma dumping and you don't even realize. And you're like, oh, I'm... I'm doing better, I'm talking to someone about it, but you don't have the capacity to recognize how that's affecting people. Because like, I know when I was trauma dumping on others and just like probably triggering everyone, I never realized how toxic I was. And it was only in hindsight and after I'd reached a point where I wasn't doing that anymore, that I was able to recognize like, that was not okay. Like, you cannot do that. Like. Your friends, the people around you, your family are humans as well. And they've all got their own shit going on. But I think when you're in a state of trauma dumping, you almost can't recognize the amount of privilege you have. And like, no, not only the privilege, but you also can't recognize that like professional help is a way. And maybe you don't have access to that. Or like, you know, in the South Asian community, it is a little bit difficult to go up to your parents when you're like 15, 16 and be like, I need to see a psych or whatever. So it's just, it's a difficult place. Yeah, especially when there is no conversation surrounding mental health, mm. it can be really hard to go forward with that. Yeah. And I don't know, what would you say to somebody who is kind of trauma dumping? Nothing. Is that bad that I would say nothing? No, I would do the same. Or like, I think this might sound awful, but I'd probably distance a little bit. Because it's just like, I care about my friend's well-being a lot and I will do anything for them. But at the mm. end of the day, I'm human as well. And if it's like starting to get into my life too much. And also, I think if I see that the other person isn't making any changes, isn't willing to, and is just like constantly getting stuck in that cycle. And it also depends on the situation. If it's obviously something like, I think it depends if it's something I don't know mm. there's certain situations that are like just cyclical in nature and that's different but I think if it's something yeah. more minor yeah and they're making it and I don't know they're just continually gone about it I think I would probably distance just a little like a few days where I'm not on the phone with them like two or three and then go back to them and be like hey how are you and this is something that I wanted to mention if you're someone who has a friend who trauma dumps or who is caught in a pattern of very negative very toxic for themselves or for other people behavior it's not your job to help them of course I'm someone that will always be there for my close friends and my family because mm. like I love them too much and they are always there for me and I'm very grateful for that but sometimes there's just you need a room for yourself and when there's someone who is 
a like hazard is a fucked word to use right because it's like oh that's oh literally my describing someone you're as a hazard but you're the is, yellow code i see with yeah like if, if there's like a code yellow or like code red you're more than welcome you're more than inclined to just withdraw a little bit or as much as you need to because ultimately who you surround yourself with is who will have an influence on you and mm. i've learned that the hard way so i think you just have to be okay with yourself using that distance but still you know having a hand out and being like if you need me i'm here i totally agree and i think it's also the sort of thing where even if that person is asking how you are and wants to check in on you it becomes a really difficult balance of if they are constantly trauma dumping and oversharing to the point where you feel like it's not a two-way street anymore in the relationship and obviously it's not always going to be a 50-50 balance like Tiara said but I think overall in the grand scheme of things it needs to be a balance or there needs to be some sort of communication about like this has been a lot for me and I haven't been able to deal with it and we need to have a proper conversation because like you don't seem to be making the changes that you need to and I want to help you but I think you need to understand how important this is so we went on instagram at n2bc pod and like normal we asked you guys questions surrounding this week's episode the first question we asked was what is the difference between vulnerability and trauma dumping or oversharing and someone said which is something along the lines that i said very similar vulnerability is healthy for both parties however oversharing is uncomfortable and unhealthy which i agree with and i think that's a very well put um sentence and is how i was trying to put it like there's a very clear distinction where there's equal conversation pattern um whereas serial dumping and this one person just serial dumping on you is unhealthy Mm-mm. and i think one thing that i really really love from somebody who said was context who are you with what are you talking about what are both people going through and i think that is so so incredibly important like I think if you're talking about like really, I think there's certain experiences that you will be able to relate to people with similar things. So I know that I have certain people in my life who I can talk to about literally anything because I get it. And I know this might sound a bit like, oh, well, empathy is a thing as well. But sometimes when people haven't been through the same thing as you have, they're just not going to get it. So I find that like, instead of getting upset at them for not being able to acknowledge it, and like, I do think sometimes it is an issue of not being able to acknowledge your privilege. I just don't tell them those things anymore because I'm like, you're not going to get it. I love our friendship, but this is just a subject that I'm going to avoid. And I think like, if I were to talk to them about it and go on about it, it probably would be trauma dumping because I think there's a lack of understanding. And then there's also just a lack of like, Mm. of being able to talk about it in a way that actually helps anyone yeah and when it doesn't help both parties it's not very productive is it Mm -mm, exactly we then went to ask you guys a poll question which was have you ever felt like someone had overshared or trauma dumped on you and 88 percent of you said yes and 12 percent of you said no which is that's quite a big number that's quite a big um yeah, it's quite a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like everyone 
has I think most people have done it and I think most people have been kind of a victim of it as well and Mm, yeah something that I find that some people will try and do is like they'll ask permission and like going back to the last question of like what's the difference is like asking permission of whether it's okay to talk about it and it's like I think it's really hard to say no like TR if I were to ask you like can I talk about a really triggering topic with you the chances of you saying no to that are probably very low I'm guessing yeah but I struggle saying no in general but if it yeah. was something really triggering like I'd probably I'd probably say yes but that's just me no but the sa- same here but then I also think like I don't know I think maybe I would say no now or I would kind of change the conversation and that's the shittiest thing to do be like oh I know you're having a rough time but like we're not talking about this anymore but I think being able to let them know in a way like hey I'm struggling with this and I don't really want to talk about the same thing that you're going through like yeah I think it's a hard one but if you can ask for permission and you know that the other person is going to be honest in the response I would say that's really important or even just letting them know like hey if this becomes too much for you please let me know um I don't want to hurt you like that kind of thing I think that dialogue always helps even if it's just for the sake of saying it like it always helps me feel a little bit better like this person is acknowledging that this is a hard conversation for me to have as well Mm, I think another thing that I wanted to bring up that I'm not even sure is trauma dumping I think it's just because I have shared my experiences of like um online being very vulnerable online whereby I've been very honest about things that are very triggering because I'm talking about like people who I know who have passed away for example or my mental health experiences um and what I've realized is social media it's really easy to trauma dump on social media. Not saying that I do. Oh, Maybe I so do without easy. without realizing. But like something that I have no um, experience. In. Like, um, who was it? I think it was Chrissy Teigen talking about how she unfortunately and very sadly miscarried. Um, it, they were very ex- like um, they were very like raw. Explosive. No, they weren't explicit. Like they weren't. Uh, no, they weren't explicit. They were also very raw. Like of her crying on a hospital bed and her hugging her husband like they were very like raw moments that if that happened like that god forbid if that ever happened to me I would or to someone I love I would know if I would be able to share that online because it's just so raw and real and something terrible has happened to you and this isn't me being like why would she trauma dump like unsolicited oversharing um all of this sort of just her emotions that she just like splattered onto Instagram and Twitter or whatever. This isn't even me judging her for that because social media can be here. I also just extent. hate Chrissy Teigen. Sorry. I fucking I hate Chrissy like Teigen hate... too, but I feel really bad for her yeah. about this. Like, I don't no, wish No, no, of anyone. course. Yeah. Totally. Um, but yeah, I hate her. She's really annoying. <laughs> um, uh, but I think that was very. that would be very triggering for some people and I did see comments like oh I had I unfortunately miscarried and this brought me back to blah 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 and I felt really bad because like imagine just following Chrissy Teigen or just following some random celebrity and you hear that like they share very real raw genuine images of what happened or what this looked like 
and like of them crying or if it's something very traumatic I don't know like to each of their own you'll literally have to do whatever you want as long as it doesn't hurt people but I feel like when it comes to images like that there should be bit of a trigger warning because it's not necessarily trauma did it have no trigger warning did it not have a trigger warning I didn't I didn't care to look at it because it just looked so sad and I haven't I don't really follow her but it's just yeah it's just a form maybe a watered down form of trauma dumping that could be classified as oversharing but you know people with platforms like you and I have platforms Russia we talk very um <laughs> openly about things but and one thing that you learn when you work with something that I've learned when I let what I because I do work with reach out um or when you're dealing when you do any sort of did you realize I don't know if we we've done media training but mm. when you do media training they are very or, or when it is about mental health they're very 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 like so very careful about your wording mm. and your terminology yeah like if you're going on radio or if you're talking about your mental health or if you're talking like I couldn't talk about one podcast or one interview that I did um where I was talking about mental health they were like oh you can't name certain medicines you can't be very explicit in detail because as you know as important as it is to speak very genuinely and openly about mental health you also have to realize that it could be very triggering and I feel like with Mm. trauma dumping and with online trauma dumping once again the world doesn't owe you trigger warnings but I think that it was also good to exercise that degree of caution to be like um this may bring up traumatic feelings for you etc I think for me a lot of my time spent in like healing from my eating disorder has been when I like first got into like the place where I was like I'm gonna heal um I spent a lot of time on YouTube and like looking at other recovery YouTubers and the problem was they would trauma dump sometimes or it would be to the point where like they were not in a good place in their own journey and it would trigger a lot of stuff for me because I'd be like, oh, they're doing this, so I should do that. And obviously, as you said, the world does not owe you trigger warnings and I was making the active choice to watch that. But I also think that if you are creating content, if you are uploading to anything, you do have a responsibility to make sure that your content isn't triggering, especially when you're catering to subjects like mental health and when your audience is so focused on that particular issue. It's it's not fair because you know that your audience probably doesn't have the capacity in that moment to even recognize what they're doing. So I know that like when I talked about my eating disorder with the Butterfly Foundation, I didn't even go near numbers. I didn't go near calories or any of that because I was like, who the fuck is that gonna help? Like that's not gonna help anyone if I tell you my weight and then how how much I was eating or anything. And even they were like, when I finished, they were like, thank you for not mentioning that because that is really triggering. And it's like, nobody wants to know those things. I, I feel like sometimes we have the inquisitive part of ourselves. It's like, let me compare, let me compare. And I feel like mental illness in particular wants to compare in every single way. So if you're just constantly like telling all of these particular details, that's not helping at any point anymore. It's just like allowing for that comparison to perpetuate and grow in the other person. Sorry, it's just like it's something that I'm so like strongly aware of and so something like something that I've been affected by so much that I'm very conscious of other people doing it now. Mm, I want to say, yeah, I'm actually just going to say it. It's hard to talk about it in general, but I do advise and like this is something you learn when you 
as you like navigate through social media self or as you work with people or organizations or even talk to people you just realize that yeah like trigger warnings like people are like oh the word doesn't owe you trigger warnings i used to be like that too but sometimes you really have to be careful with the content that you create mm. yeah i don't know i mean like i'm a person if i'm like talking about my eating disorder i will put a trigger warning because mm, yeah just like Sometimes, like, I know trigger warnings help a lot for me. If it's a thing that I'm particularly not feeling good about, I will skip. And it's just, like, there are certain things that I think we do where it becomes oversharing, but then it's also, like, helpful to some people, but then it's an overshare for other people, and it is trauma-dumping for other people, and it is triggering for other people. And that's where I think trigger warnings come into place because it can really help some people to hear you be so transparent and be so honest and open, but then for others it might not be. And I think this is kind of the perfect segue into the last question that we asked you. So we asked, do you think we praise or condemn oversharing or trauma dumping? On social media especially, I find, do you think that we kind of praise people for trauma dumping or oversharing sometimes? Or do you think it's looked at with a more negative light? I think it's praised. Honestly, I think it's praised. But yeah, also social media has... Yeah, no, social media itself tends to fluctuate on what we accept or what the broader digital world accepts or doesn't accept but I feel like people really appreciate that vulnerability I think people appreciate the vulnerability I hope they do but also I agree. there's a line and I know I keep saying that but there, there just is there's a bloody line and you have to be aware yeah no I think there is a line so for me the line would be and I know I'm talking a lot about this but like okay you're gonna open up about disordered eating do that but then don't mention your weight don't give me a before or after photo don't do any of that shit because that's not helping like I think that's the line for me <laughs> with the with the responses one of them said I think we praise it to an extent and they're like I'm a Gemini so I'll send more thoughts and I think it's like it's a very um it's a very like zodiac thing almost or it's a very like I don't know, there's a certain way that we kind of gentrify and monetize it almost, where it's like, oh, I'm this zodiac sign, or like, it's Mercury retrograde or something, and we will then proceed to overshare, or it's almost like this quirky little trait that people have, like, oh, I'm an oversharer, and it's like, that that's not quirky or cute, babe. Mm, like, my Instagram, um, what's my Instagram? No, my Instagram, my TikTok bio is literally like something dumb like overshare bear. But it's a joke. Yeah, no, I think that's different versus, like, there's a lot of, you know, content that I consume where people joke about being overshared as, like, oversharers, and I think that's kind of funny. But I think where it's, like, you're actively oversharing and you're like, oh, sorry, I'm an oversharer, and you're like, Jesus Christ, like, no, please Yeah, don't. like, so you're aware of it? Yeah, and you know that you're doing that and you're still doing this. Another person also said... I think ensuring that the environment is safe for sharing is important. And yeah, I think it just goes to like context and audience. And one person said, I don't know if I'd say we praise it, but I almost feel like when people overshare because it makes me feel like they trust me enough to be vulnerable. And that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Like, I feel very honored when somebody calls me or like just talks to me about their life. Yeah, same. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm like, oh, I really appreciate that you feel comfortable enough to tell me about shit that you're dealing with. 
Mm, yeah, I get that. So maybe we just finish off with like what to do if you're trauma dumping. Mm, do you have any? Uh, yeah, do you have any suggestions? Yeah, so I think like, first of all, a lot of the times when you think you're trauma dumping, you're probably not trauma dumping. Like, I mm. know I can feel like that. Like, I will call Tiara and rant to her and then I'll be like, fuck. Oh my God, I overshared, didn't I? I'm a burden on her. And it's like, I don't think I probably was. And it's like, like bitch, no, her. you're not. Relax. Yeah, exactly. Like, our friendship is a safe space where I know I can talk to her about this. And, like, I want her to be open and honest with me as well and, like, have that vulnerability. But if you genuinely think you're trauma dumping, I think the signs of it are, like, you have this problem that's never resolved and continuously going on. Um, You feel like you're going back to that same person over and over again. And I feel like tips to avoid that are, like, if you can get therapy or anything of that kind I would do that and if you're in a situation where you're like I know that I'm not going to be able to get out of it I think it's figuring out what can I do to deal with this obviously not in situations of abuse or anything but in certain ones like I don't know something more minor obviously um where yeah you're, you're just like I need to find a way to deal with this instead um it's like let's say you have boots and they keep I don't know they keep annoying you or something and you're like oh no I can't afford to buy new boots right now how do I fix my boots instead of complaining to your friends about your boots is what I mean not in all situations but in some I think also sometimes finding other people to be able to talk to it about so one friend or like one person in your life isn't constantly burdened by it or not even burdened but just kind of hearing it over and over again Mm. No, that's that's really good advice. I think we tend to give very general advice because we're not mental health professionals, we're just mentally ill. So, so. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. <laughs> um like I we say this every few episodes when we were asked for advice, but I know something that I do is I keep a journal for a safe place to express whatever yeah. emotions I feel, practice mindfulness and meditation. Um I run a bit, <laughs> like, sometimes, like, oh. just because, like, if you're at home all the time and you're stuck in a box, and I know, like, for quarantine, it was really shitty, so I'm just going back to quarantine, it was really shitty because we could only have, like, however many minutes or whatever the distance in terms of physical exercise, but physical activity is really good because it gets your muscles moving and it gets your mind off of it for at least a temporary period of time. Drawing, doing something creative, listening to music, or if you can... Um, talk to a therapist and there are a lot of other great resources if you cannot afford one at the moment or you're just stuck in that stupid line of you know (laughs) like we'll get back to you in the next month when we have availabilities which is a pain in the ass but if you're Mm -hmm. in that one month gap or if you're just not ready to talk to someone else yet to talk to a professional yet I highly recommend the reach out community forums um they're basically little chat rooms little forums it is completely 100 percent anonymous there are cute little emojis and emoticons that will help you um react to things if you heart them if you find them sad sad face if you like them chuck a thumbs up 
there's many different subcategories. So fair feel like dealing with family issues, dealing with grief, dealing with emotional trauma, dealing with friendship issues, um, dealing with um, trigger warning, eating disorders or, or depression and anxiety. So there's many little different avenues for you to read and for you to obviously safely using safe language and kind words for you to express your feelings. And I feel like the ARA community forums um, or forums are a great way to not only sort of, it's not only some form of catharsis, but it is also knowing that there are people out there that have had similar experiences to you and that you're not alone. And, you know, they may be over a screen, but reading things like that, it makes you feel like there's much more to the little bubble that you can sometimes be in. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think for the first time in a while yesterday, I found myself in a space where I couldn't tell someone about something that had happened. And I was like, it's really weighing on me. So I just like went to bed and I wrote it in my diary or my journal, whatever you want to call it. And I just like, I literally, literally just wrote whatever was annoying me down. And that's it. I felt a little bit better. I wasn't completely solved or like anything like that, but I felt better. And yes, I think that's great advice. Alrighty. Thank you for listening. We have some exciting guests coming over on the pod um, very soon. So get psyched for that. And yeah, as always, please try and say stay. And as always, please try and stay safe. And we hope you have a wonderful week ahead. Bye. Bye. Oh, and if you can, leave us a review on Spotify or leave us a rating um, on Apple